Securities and advisory services through Independent Financial Group, LLC, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor member, FINRASIPC. Dennis O'Brien, president of O'Brien Retirement Investment Group with the Retirement Life and Investing Show with a very special guest today, Dr. Linda Vogel, a psychologist. Did I say it right? You did. Thanks, Linda, for coming on today. I appreciate it. And um, I want to, uh, she's going to analyze me on the air today. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did, what did uh, Freud say? He said the Irish cannot be psychoanalyzed. I don't know, but he probably is correct. <laughs> That's not uh, a quote I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I heard he read it. And of course, I was very interested in it right away because because uh, I was like, yeah, some of my relatives, you wouldn't want, you'd. You could write books on, I think, you know, and everything else. But thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's fun to be here. Yeah. Linda and I have been friends for years, and uh, I think we genuinely like each other, and we have a good time when we get chatting and, you know, just talking about things and whatnot. I'm going to talk about some boring financial stuff before we get into uh, um, (laughs) analyzing. Anything else. (laughs) Anything else, stuff like that. Well, welcome to the Retirement Life Investing Show here on News Radio 94.9 FM. We have a great show today with Linda Vogel, who you already met. But first, let's talk about the markets a little bit. What is going on? Well, something happened this week that we have not seen in a very long time. The yield curve inverted, which means the short end, the two-year, is yielding more than the four- to five-year, but less than a 10-year. So what? Who cares? Well, it's a real big deal if you're in the, if you're in the marketplace, okay? Because it, this is very important because the Federal Reserve has made a huge mistake, like I've said on previous shows. The last rate increase four weeks before the midterm elections, to me, was a giant mistake. And I called them out on it when they did it. And I said a bad word. I think I called them idiots. And that, <laughs> that wasn't very nice, but I was mad at them. <laughs> That's. I think it's okay to say that. But in any case... When the short rates go higher than the long rates, it tells you that the Fed needs to cut rates, not raise them. Uh-huh. Their excuse to raising rates, saying it's a normalization. This is this is Fed speak. This is Washington bureaucracy speak. Okay, this is a normalization of rates, so later they can cut the rates, and it's BS. Uh-huh. This is not normalization. We have twenty-two billion in national debt. The raising of rates will blow the federal budget and interest costs alone if they're not careful. The other reason for treating this different than normalization is a little technical, but stay with me. Since 2009, the Fed has paid banks not to lend out money, but instead leave money on deposit with the Fed, paying them a small interest rate. The Fed used that money to buy the distressed asset loans and for years earned a tidy profit between the, the rates of the distressed debt that they were in, earning, you know, maybe 6 7 8%. They were paying the banks to keep the money there at half a percent, and they were sending a big check to federal, to the Treasury every year on the difference on the profit they were making, okay? Which is a little bit of a conflict of interest, don't you think? <laughs> okay? Now, here's the tricky part, okay? The M1 money multiplier is something that they measure. When banks lend money out, it circulates and circulates, and a dollar becomes a dollar fifty or $2 as it circulates through the economy. 
I lend you money for a car. The mechanic at the car dealership goes buy something, and then that storekeeper buys something, and that's called money multiplier. It goes through the system, okay? All right? But when the Fed made the banks keep all the money on deposit with them, the banks couldn't lend money out. So the M1 money multiplier has been below zero for nine years. And that's why we had very low rates, okay? And that's why we never really had an economy. I think under Obama, the average GDP growth was 1.8, which is very anemic, okay? All right. So basically now, the money, they've loosened the rules on the banks under $250 billion. They said, all right, you can, you can lend out more and everything else. So the banks were starting to lend. Economy's starting to pick up. The federal, the M1 money multiplier for the first time in nine years went over 1.0, went to 1.06, which is ineligible. Okay, because back in the 90s, it was 1.5, 1.8, 2.0. It was moving through the system. Okay, so the first time we've got a little bit of lending, a little bit of velocity going on with money through the country. Okay, the Fed raises the rates and keeps raising the rates. And it really tightened up because it's an already tight lending, which means millions of families cannot now cannot afford to buy houses and buy cars. Okay, because and the interest rates are because high. the interest rates yeah. because at three percent, you know you got a certain number, but if you go to five percent on the mortgage rates, which right. the banks are needing now to to, to get in yeah. order to pay for the money they've got to buy from the Fed. Ah. ah, so that's how it works. So that's how they tighten everything. All right. Now, here's the other reason, and this is pure me, my, my thinking and whatnot, okay? The other reason the Fed moves were disastrous is because the trade fight with the Chinese was going on at the same time, which is very deflationary. It's very anti-business development, okay? If you raise our rates, our currency goes up, and the Chinese currency goes down, which hurts any tariffs or any leverage we have against them. If they devalue their currency by 10% and you put a 10% tariff on something, it means nothing because now their goods are 10% cheaper and plus the tariff put on it's back where it was. So the Fed has actually been undercutting us in our fight with the Chinese to bring fairness to the international trade system. Okay? Now our president, I call him Donald the Disruptor, Cannot fight the Chinese and the Fed at the same time. <laughs> you like that one? So foreigners buy our debt because it yields more, and the taxpayers are on the hook to pay more for this interest rate because the Fed raised the rates, and the Chinese sit back and laugh because we're shooting ourselves in the foot. But nowhere do you read any of this. The Swiss are just shaking their heads. i got a couple of friends over there just shaking their heads. I said, they never make a move, the Swiss, until they're all in the room. <laughs> And work it out together, right? So they're looking at us going, you got one crazy country. And I go, oh, tell me about it. <laughs> you don't drive around Mystic in the, in the summertime. So anyway, uh, that's where we're at. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, no more boring economic stuff. Well, maybe a little bit more boring economic stuff. But we'll talk to Dr. Linda Vogel about the holidays, family, stress, spending, money, and all that fun stuff on the break. If you like my retirement Ten Commandments, which number two says no more debt in your 60s after you retire. Pay down all your debts. Please uh, go to doBrien at ifgrr.com or go to obrienretire.com and we'll more than happy to hit the magic button and I'll send it to you. And if you want an appointment at the same time, 
go right on ahead. But uh, we'll back after that, and we'll talk about uh, more good stuff and what's going on out there. But um, the uh, the one more thing I want to say before we go, I thought the bear market would come when oil went over $100 a barrel and interest rates drove dramatically. Well, oil has crashed down to 50 and now interest rates are starting to go down. Both developments are very, very bullish. The Chinese will eventually come to the table when the Fed backs off. Our dollar goes back down and tariffs cannot be devalued away. It's coming. Are you listening, Federal Reserve pal? Please, please, for the love of God, listen. Anyway, we'll be back in a few minutes. And thank you for listening to the Retirement Life and Investing Show on 94.9 FM. Thank you. Retirement Life and Investing Show. Dickie Betts and the Allman Brothers Band. Number one song in 1973. Linda, what were you doing in 1973? In 1973, I was living in France. And I don't, I remember the song, but I, you, I would not have known who sang it. Was it because of the wine or? No, because they didn't play it over there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in 19, when did Nixon resign? In 74? 74, 76? No, 74, I think, because Ford came I know, in. it was in, I was And then Carter yeah. got elected in 76, right? Right, 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 right. right. I was, well, I was born in 57, so what was I, 17 and 74? Seven. Oh. All these old Irish, I'm through whole month of August, I'm in Ireland with my grandmother on a farm in Roscommon, visiting. All these old Irish farmers are walking up to me and go, oh, what do you think of Nixon resigning? <laughs> and you said, what? <laughs> I'm 17, and I'm like, oh, I'm not surprised. They've been going after him for a year, you know, yeah. and everything else. And they're asking me, like, I had some special insight, you know, but I was just, I was just uh, clueless at the time. But, yeah. uh, hey, yeah. thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a holiday season, it's Christmas, holiday Hanukkah, season. everybody's... Uh, New Year's coming up, yes. Going crazy and every... Yeah. I just, uh, yeah. any insights you want to give our listeners about how to handle the holidays with family and money and... All of that. And all that crazy stuff. Well, we could talk a little bit, since this is a financial show, just for a brief segue into one of the stresses in the season is overspending or feeling obliged that you have to buy your kids everything that you see in the on the market or online. And just really being pressured to make a Christmas big and beautiful. And people do get into trouble, as you probably know, Dennis. Yeah, yeah. And I, so one suggestion I have, I mean, it's easy to say, not so easy to do, is if you just figure out how much you want or can spend over the holidays and then kind of make a list of the people you want to give gifts to and the people you feel obligated to give gifts to. Right. And then kind of figure out how much you would spend per person, and it's going to differ. Right. So you'll spend more on a spouse than maybe you would on a neighbor. Right. And then when you're shopping, really make an effort to stay within what you've planned. Right. 
So, and especially with our children, because there's always that one last little thing that you see in the store that yeah. oh, they would love it. Yeah. And, and at the end of the holiday season or early in January, when the credit card bills come in, it can be really overwhelming. Do you believe in cash envelopes or just use the credit card? No. If people could use cash and avoid using credit cards, that would be the way to go. The way to go. Clearly, because the um, if you're using cash that you have and you determine that you're not going to spend more than you have in your envelope. So yeah. let's say you have an envelope, Christmas presents for my son, and it's X amount of money, and you yeah. do not spend more than the cash in the right. envelope. Right, because you, you feel like you're spending cash you're, instead of the debit or credit card. And you see it going. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. That's pretty emotional. <laughs> so when, you take, yep. I mean, when I take my $20 bill out and hand it over, it's much more, I'm much more conscious of it than when it goes on my plastic. Yeah. Uh, and I just think it requires some thoughtfulness. I don't care what your socioeconomic status is, whether you're, you know, yeah. wherever you are on that ladder, you might want to pay attention to what you really want to do and what you'll feel good about. Right. Because the whole issue of gift giving is should be done with love and joy and and maybe sometimes an obligation, but still with some peace of mind. Exactly. And, exactly. And, so if you can have an outline in your mind as to what you want to spend in general, overall, and how much you might want to spend on each given person. Right. You may feel happier come January, especially if you've used cash. But if you can't use cash, because yeah. you just don't have that kind of liquid yeah. cash, yeah. Be, then be, especially be try to be aware of buying things on your credit card because the interest rates you'll be paying. Right. Right. I don't know what the current interest rate on a normal card is, but I'm sure it's gone up. Yeah, it can be anywhere from 9 to 29, depending on your yeah. credit rating. Right. So you buy a, a $25 gift, and it takes you four or five, and you buy 10 $25 gifts. Yeah. So yeah. now you've got $250, and now you and you can't pay it off at once. Yeah. And you're paying 10% interest you know, by June, and then, of course, you add to your credit card. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. I'm just saying it's one way to help reduce holiday stress yeah. would be to be mindful or more aware of what you can do reasonably. Right, exactly. And yeah. if it's less than your neighbor, so what? Yeah. In a month or two, nobody will notice that you spent less than somebody else. How about six hours later? How about no, six no, hours Nobody later. cares. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a thought behind it and everything else. I'm a big believer in gifting books. Yeah. Gift cards. Gift cards for people that you don't know what they want. Pajamas. Yeah, pajamas. Pajamas, all that <laughs> stuff. Do you know that I, I read a stat, and I don't know if it's accurate because it's in the media, so you just don't know. But they said 28% of um, people haven't paid off last year's credit card bills. I don't know the statistics, but I'm not surprised. You're not surprised. No. No. Especially if, because it's, you know, we are pushed by the market to buy. Yeah. And there's the whole impulse thing that everybody, you know, any of us can give in to a yeah. spur of the moment. Oh, it looks so beautiful. I just have to get it. Right. And then, and we keep doing that. Yeah. And, and it's and, so easy on Amazon, too. Oh, and on it's Amazon, so, just clicks add click, to the cart. Click add to the cart. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, two or three days later. And you go, all right, now. And the only one who's really happy are the merchants and the sellers. <laughs> but no, it's not true. I mean, some gifts that we give people will be cherished forever. Right. But especially with kids, a lot of the gifts that are current and they have to have this year, by next year, they won't be using it or caring anymore, especially yeah. for the littler kids. Yeah. 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 I think my parents still regret getting me that chemistry set at 10 years old. Why did you blow up the house? Well, we made a rotten egg bomb. <laughs> oh, <yeah. Actually>. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and 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 thankfully it went off outside but it was uh, my father s- was like ah oh, that's a fine lad good job yeah, good job <laughs> <laughs> do they still make chemistry sets i don't know they're probably illegal cuz somebody sued I'm, right it was one of my favorite to- gifts as a kid i remember my chemistry set i did not make a rotten egg you didn't make a rotten no, egg? No, I did uh, bubbly stuff in the little... Oh, you did girly stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no gender oh, no. bias. Oh, that's right. We're not allowed to say that. I forgot. Oh, my God. Oh, my um, But anyway, <laughs> you know... So, so rotten eggs are boy stuff? Well, these days, who knows, right? <laughs> my granddaughter makes a rotten egg bomb. I'll be as proud as heck. Yeah, it's there you what, go. What the heck, you know? But... Uh, yeah, the stress, you know, I talk about a lot of time, the stress on young people. They get these five credit card offers every week at mm-hmm. 18 years old on. They don't know how to handle it. Well, the other come on is the credit card. You, it's 0% interest. You can buy this thing now and you don't pay any interest oh, for six months. Oh, that's the biggest scam of all. But then at the end of six months, it's like 25% interest. That furniture guy's on there all the time Which, running uh, those ads, uh, Jordan or whatever uh, his name is. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, <laughs> no um, interest rate for Three years on yeah. furniture, and I go, oh my God, he's going to tie these people' future revenues up. Yeah. And uh, people, young people out there, and older people with kids and grandkids, tell them pay cash, pay cash. If you don't have the cash, you don't have to have it today. Right. <laughs> right? Right. If you're going to borrow, borrow for the big things that you need, like a house, like a house. or a car. Right, exactly. And then pay it down as quickly as you can, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. right. Even cars, I'll fight you on that because yeah. you can buy, you go in and you want to buy a brand new, say, Volvo station yeah. wagon. It's yeah. 40 grand or 45 grand. And you you can buy one three or four years old for 18. 18, yes. And put half down and pay the rest off right. in a year. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, or yeah. just pay cash or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But on a house. A house you know, is hard. House is hard, yeah. but what I tell people is try to do a 15-year versus a 30-year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I know the payment's higher. That's the point. You won't overspend, and when the kids are heading off to college, you'll have full equity in your house. If you weren't a, a dumb dumb and went to borrow and get lines of credit and refinance, right. or you rang up credit cards and then you're using the house to pay off the credit, credit, credit cards yeah. and everything else. In your practice, financial stress, do you see it a lot? Well, yes, although it's not just wrapped around the holidays. I mean, right. fin- and I think that finances often become a point of stress between partners, between spouses. Right. So it's so interesting. Usually, you know, opposites attract, right? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not always true, but yeah. in some cases you have they one They attract person. initially, <laughs> repel <laughs> eventually. Is that good? I like that. That's good, Dennis. Uh, feel free to use it. Attract initially, repel <laughs> eventually. eventually. Or another way to say it is the thing that we found so endearing and, and attractive in the beginning is the very thing that may annoy us. In <laughs> 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 and one of that is money. Yeah. So you meet someone and they they're generous and they're lovely and they are extravagant and they take you to beautiful places or they buy you beautiful gifts. You get married and you're frugal, yeah. male or female. This isn't a gender thing. And one partner tends to be very fiscally conservative and the other one doesn't care. That becomes a point of stress. What happens when two spenders marry each other? They get into debt. <laughs> they may be happy. 
<laughs> and the same thing if, if two frugal people get together, then it, it's true that if you're on the same page with respect to finances, right. that's not going to be a tremendous point of stress in right. marriage. Right. And ideally, before you get married, you know, if I had my way, everyone would do a little bit of counseling with either a financial person or a therapist before they marry to talk about some of those basic things like yeah. how do you manage money? What is your attitude towards right. debt? Right. What is your long-term, do you even think about long-term finances? Some right. do, some don't. Right. And it would be helpful if people discuss that so that they entered the marriage knowing. Yeah. 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 I've had young couples come in the office, um, got themselves in a little bit of credit card problems. Yeah. yeah. I said, I look at both of them. <laughs> Good kids. I mean, in yeah, their 20s, everything yeah. else. I look at both, I go, okay, who's going to be the grown-up here? Yeah. Who's taking over and laying down the law? Yeah. And so... Uh, Does it have to be only one? Could it be mutual? <laughs> I like to have a general. A general. A, you have to have one person. Hoping for two-person conversion. Yeah. If there's genuine love and respect there, the other person will um, eventually, you know, fall, oh. fall in. Yeah. But they don't want to do it. Yeah. So one person has to take responsibility for it, in my view. Yeah. You could argue it. I, I, I'm no, no, I think if... I think I do recommend that in a marriage that both partners know what this financial picture looks like. They right. know how much is coming in right. and they know how much is going out exactly. in general. And they know if they're behind or above, they're losing each month or they're gaining each month. Right. To have one person sort of make, being able to make the final decision. Right. So we're arguing about what kind of car to buy and ultimately the general. Yeah. Or the... Matter. Yeah, I think you have to one person day to day, but those big decisions may sh- maybe should be joint. But oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't but you know. mean like day to day grocery shopping? Or, yeah, 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 that type of stuff. Yeah. So, um, thanks for listening. This is Retirement Life and Investing Show. We'll be back in a few minutes. If you like my Retirement Ten Commandments, go to my website O'BrienRetired.com. Hit the magic button. We're happy to send that to you and start a conversation if you would like. Remember, at O'Brien Retirement, we don't care how much money you have. We care that you take care of your money. We'll be back in a few. Thank you. To the Retirement Life and Investing Show on 94.9 News Now. And I, my name is Dennis O'Brien, President of O'Brien Retirement Investment Group. And I'm with Dr. Linda Vogel, a psychologist. And we are talking about money, families, holidays, and all that good stuff and what's going on out there. So, uh, so Linda, wh- yes. let's talk about retirement a little bit. When people go to retire and one spouse has been home and the other spouse wants to come home <laughs> and and the dynamic and some of the things that they should talk about before the actual retirement happens or both are working and one retires and the other one's and not too happy yeah. about it <laughs> you know and stuff like that have you run across that in your practice yeah of course and i i think one of let's just focus when one person has been the homemaker maybe working also but has been essentially the the manager of the household right and the other person retires. Right. 
And so now you have two people living at home 24-7. Right. And that is where you can run into trouble if you haven't tried to negotiate it beforehand. Right. And one of the issues is if I've been running the home seven days a week, and now you've retired and you start telling me, no, don't do it this way, do it that way, I don't like this, I don't want that, I'm going to take over this part of the job, Uh, that can set up a lot of tension because I'm used to doing it my way. I don't need your input. Right. This also happens, incidentally, in military families where, a very uh, where the military person has been out to sea for six months, right? And the, uh, the other partner is running the household, managing the kids. Yeah, uh, the military person comes home, and wants to take over, right? And it can set up again some kind of tensions, and especially in retirement. So I think one one issue there is to talk to each other ahead of time about, look, I've been doing the cooking for twenty seven years, right? And I'd appreciate help. Or I don't want help. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Talk it out. Yeah. And the other, the other issue is if you're both in the house now seven days a week, nobody's leaving to go to work. Uh, it can get you get on each other's nerves in a way that you wouldn't have done when mm. you were out of the house right. six, seven, eight hours a day. Right. And and how do you handle that? A part of it again is trying to talk to each other. Right. So if you annoy me, can I sit down and say, Hey, when you do that? It really makes me feel X, Y, and Z. Could we please not do that? Right. And the other person, of course, in the perfect world, doesn't get defensive right. and listens right. and says, okay, I'll try. Right. But the other um, thing to think about is activities outside the home. Exactly. That you can either do together right. and or things that you would do together and things that you would do separately. Right. And, right. and couples in retirement that have love to travel, for example, they right. can travel together come home, they're, they're in good place. But supposing you have one partner who hates to travel right. and the other one loves to travel, but the one who hates to travel doesn't want the partner to travel without him or her. Right. Now we have a problem. <laughs> yes. So, I, again, the, the simplistic solution would be, not. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to oversimplify, but to try to talk to each other about where you're getting on each other's nerves yeah. and try to develop interests that are both things that you can do together, like couples who play golf together. right. right but also things that you can do separately. Mm. I have friends, actually, who retired and moved to Florida. Right. And he's a big golfer. And she was concerned about, what am I going to do in Florida? She had worked all her life, and right. she was retiring also. And what they've done is she's learned to play golf. And although she doesn't often play with him because he's better, right. she's out there, on, and they can join the league, and they have social couples circle. and friends. Right. But in addition, they both sought out extracurricular activities that are separate from each other. Uh, keep each other yeah. busy. So yeah. she's like joined a bridge club. He has no interest in that. So she's developing friends that way. Right. So it's, I, th- I just think you need to live your life. Just because you're retired doesn't mean you're suddenly glued at the hip and have to stay indoors all the time. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And the, I've seen the, uh, the type that sit home and sit in the chair and go, I've worked all my life. I'm going to sit in this chair and leave me alone. Yeah, and don't talk to me, right? And don't talk right. to me. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> That's not good. No, and I, I actually knew someone who, when they turned 80, they said, well, and this is not a client, this is a relative, actually, who said, well, I'm 80 years old now, I'm done. And unfortunately, it led to some inactivity, which was not good for health, and right. it led to some depression and isolation. Right. And after a couple of years, 
with, you know, efforts on all the rest of the family, the person sort of reawakened and said, no, just because I'm 82 doesn't mean I can't do anything. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I I think, too, what help a lot of couples is I see a lot of couples as sports parents we grew up with, you know, their kids, our kids, and yeah. stuff. And the kids leave the nest, and when the baby's finally gone, a lot yeah. of them are getting divorced. Uh, the, isn't that what they call the gray divorce? Is that the gray divorce? Yeah, yeah I'm not up on, on yeah. that. But yeah. uh, I've talked to a few of them. They've come in, and we just chat away. And I've come to the conclusion that if the, when the youngest baby leaves, yeah. all right, and you're yeah. still and you're looking at it, you're going, now what? Who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> or, or oh my God, I have nothing to distract me. <laughs> then I think what you need to do That's sad. is you need to go for um, a two mile walk every every day with each other. With each other. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And guess what happens when you walk? You talk. You talk. <laughs> and guess what happens when you talk? You reconnect. You reconnect. Yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah. it's going to be okay. Yes. Yeah. So my advice to couples who have the empty nest syndrome is walk two every miles day, every day. two miles nice. every day. I know it's simplistic. Well, I sometimes know. simple solutions are wise. It doesn't involve any drugs, or pharmaceuticals, no, or no, prescriptions. Right, right. And everything else. And so. if you just go to the movies, you're not talking, right? Exactly, exactly. So, you know. Actually, I would give that same suggestion to couples who have children. I think one of the things that happens, you children, uh, you know, you meet, you marry, you've got a connection. Right. You have kids, and you become kid-focused, which right. is fine. Right. But if you become kid-focused to the exclusion of your partner... Little by little, you lose that connection. Right. So we often, we therapists will often suggest to couples that they really take at least one day a week or one evening a week or right. one morning a week where they do something, a two-mile walk, right. that involves just them, no kids, right. get a babysitter, hopefully, use family members, right. and go and do something together. So just reconnect. Do, yeah. Talk. Yeah, talk. You could. If movies are fine as long as afterwards you talk about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just go to a movie and go home because then Honey, you have did it. you like that movie? <laughs> nah, not really. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to can you discuss? I like one kind of movie. You like another kind yeah, of movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll yeah. go with you to yours. You'll go with me to yeah, mine. Yeah. yeah, she likes scary movies. Yeah. And I'm like, eh, not really. <laughs> not really. No. I get up and run, you know. <laughs> My imagination just, you know. Goes, goes into overtime and everything else. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's uh, I see a lot of different cases, and I try to give advice, but at the same time, sometimes they need a pro, pro like you just to formalize That's, formalize the discussion. Well, because it's easy for us to say, walk and talk, but it's not so easy for people to do that. And right. if you haven't talked to each other in a while, yeah. or if there are points of argument between you and right. you can't talk about them, Right. And that brings us back to the holidays. I mean, how do you handle everybody? Oh, so your Christmas or Hanukkah's coming. You have all the in-laws coming. You may have multiple generations from babies to great-grandmas. Right. And there's going there's bound to be points of argument, especially if one partner doesn't really want all those people. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're cooking. And, oh, and they're cooking and uh, cleaning and being nuts about the house should look perfect. And, uh, perfect. And the That's the worst. That perfect. word should be banned from the we holiday ban- lexicon. Oh, absolutely. Perfect. Absolutely. Please. I want a big, messy, loud. A big, messy, loud. loud Christmas. I and, mean, and lots of space so that if Aunt Joe, Aunt Aunt Josephine is saying things that you find offensive. You kind of take a breath and let it go because it's only one day of the year. Exactly. And you don't have to 
um, solve all the social political problems on Hanukkah Eve or Christmas on the eighth day of Hanukkah or, or Christmas Eve and, or Christmas Day and no politics. Well, I think no politics. Yes, I think no that's politics. A Let, good it discussion. Let it go. Let it go. No politics. If you want to, you know, if if you really want to have a conversation with somebody about politics, <laughs> wait until. Yeah. Afterwards, and when there are not 25 people around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be big and messy, all right. <laughs> right. No worries there. Oh, my God, everything else. And I do think that that's part of the stress at Christmas, too, or Christmas and or Hanukkah, or any of the big celebrations where they should be celebratory and we should have fun because we don't have that many rituals in our culture. No, we really don't. And it would be nice if they could, and, but you have to give each other elbow room to be different. You have yeah. to lower your expectations of perfection. Yes. Uh, you want to keep the money piece under control so you're not worrying. Exactly, exactly. And, and the degree, to, and, yet, and then try to enjoy it. Yeah. as best you can, and yeah. there'll always be one relative who might be a thorn in your side. Well, there's always one. Come on. That's, <laughs> at least. <laughs> at least. I'm sure you're ticking someone off in your family, too. Uh, oh, yeah. I count on it. But This is Dennis O'Brien, and I'm with Dr. Linda Vogel, a psychologist and mystic, and uh, she hasn't analyzed me yet, but hold on. It may still happen. <laughs> but, but thanks for listening. We'll be back in a few, and if you'd like to call in with your problems or a uh, notes, please call in to 860-464-9490. We'll be back in a few. Thanks. Bye-bye. Investing show um, with Dr. Linda Vogel, a psychologist. This is Dennis O'Brien. Linda just asked me, "You do this every week?" And I said, "Yeah, I kind of like it, actually. You know, so it's fun. Yeah, it's I. You know, to me, it's like what happens when you travel? Then you don't do it, or do you have it pre-recorded? Yeah, what I do is I just go, Chris. I go pick out a a show you liked, and Chris just runs. Okay, people don't. I don't even think people notice but I, I like doing i like staying current it forces a different discipline on me in terms of relating not just doing it but talking about stories speaking of stories i had uh, another social security story linda listen to this one client calls me to tell me that her ex called now she's 63 was married 16 years been divorced many years okay her ex called and told her that she should file under him for social security because he just turned 68 and I think his normal retirement age is 66, I think. But she should call Social Security and check. This is her ex, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, she calls me, and I'm stunned to learn that her ex had turned his life around. Because what she had told me was she paid for his education. He was, you know, partier. No good. You know, you know, it's like a blues song, right? Yes. So I never went down that road with her because I just figured, well, he has nothing to do with her and everything else. Lo and behold, he turned his life around. He's 68. He's making $200,000 a year. <laughs> he remarried, has a 9 and 11-year-old. Oh, wow. She loved telling me that, by the way. <laughs> and But his Social Security is actually sizable, and she might be eligible for back payments because his FRA age, depending on what 
they mm-hmm. say and everything else. And I told her, you call Social Security as soon as possible, make an appointment, go in, discuss your 63-year-old rights, because she's still working. Yeah. And I told her to hold off because she'll get more and more, right? Yeah, so, on so, her own. Right. Yeah. Social Security, security optimization strategy. Yeah. Wait, right? Right. So I told her, and I said, listen, you got to go, because you may be owed back, um, back uh, divorce aid, payments from his FRA, his re- full retirement age, that you could have claimed had you known, and they may pay you those back payments, too. Would it go back to the date of the divorce or back to when he started, when if, he was eligible? FRA, that's the full retirement age. It's oh, different from okay. everybody. Sometimes it's 65, right. and now we're in the 66, 66 and a half, 67, exactly. depending on the year you were born. So I'm saying if his FRA was 66 and mm-hmm. now he's 68, yes. she but she might have had rights and uh, and we got to check this, but she may have read rights to his for the past two years. Yeah, for the past two years. Yeah. So yeah. I told her go in there right away and find out. Would she get his full amount or half? Half. Okay. Half. But yeah. if she was collecting and her part was more than his, yeah. then she wouldn't bother taking his. Yes. But if she didn't claim yet on her own. She may have the right to his, okay. going back to his FRA. Right. And that's I, what I suspect, but I want her to go to Social Security a, and hear it from them, right. the source itself. That was a very uh, good-hearted thing for her ex to do. Yes, it was yeah. a very good-hearted thing yeah. to do. And, and I said, were you shocked when he did that? She goes, you know what? She goes, if it wasn't for him and all the hard times we had, I wouldn't have my two sons. Okay. So, and now I wouldn't have my granddaughter. Right. So he goes, you know what? Yeah. Despite all that, and sometimes I could bring him around the neck when right. I go back down memory lane, right. I remind myself right. of the good right. of the good and everything else. My mistake was not asking about her ex, who she did not like to talk about, and left the impression that he was a very low achiever. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Never assume. Right. right? Never assume. Exactly. Right? So now I've been doing this almost 39 years. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And guess what? An ex turned his life around, and I probably might have asked sooner, but... Had you known, but as it turns, I wonder if she... I'm, I don't do, think she ever wanted to talk about right. him, so I didn't... So why, you didn't talk about why, it, right? why would I go down right. that road? But I was surprised. Yeah. Now, so. And she didn't know about the Social Security rule, and you wouldn't have thought about it. No, no, because no, I just thought, well, he was, you know, uh, drinking in some bar somewhere right. and living off uh, $1,200 Social Security right. minimum payment. Right, right. So I didn't know he'd gotten married, his kids, he's motivated, he's probably got this young wife, whatever, you know. So, <laughs> so uh, you know. Good. That's a, that is a nice story in that he turned his life around and that he was generous enough. To call. To call his ex and say, hey, you, you're, you, you earned this, basically. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was pretty cool, yeah. actually, you know. Yeah. So maybe he's making amends as he gets but older. That's what I'm thinking, that he's making an amend. Is that what happens when people get older? Not always, back? don't you wish. <laughs> <laughs> you just took, you just pierced my balloon. <laughs> you mean everybody as they get older nah, gets wiser? Nah. I don't know. I think you have to work a little bit at that. <laughs> yeah. Also, another man called me this week. He wanted to come in. And um, I don't. I think he's far from retiring, but his daughters are in their twenties and starting their life. And he wanted me to meet his daughters and get them on the right road initially and everything else. That's, I took, nice. that's an yeah. act of love, yes. you know. That's yes. like that's listen, a gift. I want you to talk to a third party. Here's everything else, and I tell everybody on the show, I don't care if I can help anybody get on that right road. This is how you should do things. Call me anytime as a resource. Right. The man took me up on it. Yeah. I was like, this is really cool. 
you know. So very pal- nice act for his kids. Yeah. So it's like you know, it's nice to hear these stories, uh, these acts of of generosity, of generosity, and stuff yeah. like that. This morning, I ran into a federal Navy law enforcement officer who's going to retire. He said in the next year. He said he needs to make an appointment because he doesn't want to make a mistake. He will find, I'm sure, he's. I, I'm looking forward to working with him, and I'm 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 happy that he uh, he wants to get some advice and and talk first and see if we can work together. So a lot of times it's it's a feeling out process, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just there's some people it doesn't you connect. don't click. Right. Do you have that happen where someone comes in and you go, I don't think I'm the right person for you. Um. Well, sir, I—that's that, a complicated question. I do a fair amount of talking on a phone first, right? And, and so, if pre-screen, I, it's not, not exactly, but I do want to get a sense if I can be useful. So, if it's a situation where I really feel that I, that's either I can't or I don't want to get involved, right? My my goal would be to help that person or that party right. find somebody else, find someone else that's better suited right. for that, or who. And also, I have. I mean, all of us. We only have a certain number of hours in the day. We may not have late hours. We may not have early hours. Right. There can be insurance issues. Right. So I try to screen that so that I'm not wasting their time to have them come meet me and then say, "Gee, I'm sorry, I can't work right, with you." Right. 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 That comes with experience. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, but once in a while, you'll. I mean, I always suggest to people to shop around like you would with any other right. come meet with me meet with another therapist because it's up to you the client to find what feels most comfortable to you where you feel right. where you feel like you will be able to do the work that you want to do exactly. so there is that process as well yeah yeah just to switch gears a little bit once in a while you know i have to yell at someone who's <laughs> putting on debt in their 60s you know, uh-huh. you know big mm-hmm. debts and you know, most of you have followed the Retirement Ten Commandments and have all your debt paid off by the time you retire. But many of you like to keep working because you don't want to sit around the house, mm-hmm. keep getting your getting on your spouse's nerves. <laughs> and we all need our space and make sure that if you were going 100 miles an hour in your working life, mm-hmm. that you have a plan to gradually slow down, mm-hmm. whether it be a part-time gig, mm-hmm. working, volunteering in the schools or a nonprofit. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that, and I think one of the things that happens at some point between sixty and seventy or whatever is you begin to slow down without fully realizing it. Right. So I've you know I've worked with people who might be sixty two, sixty five, and they're still working, you know, the yeah. full career, right. sixty hour week, forty hour week, and but then you can't continue at that level. And right. if you begin to recognize, okay, I don't need to do quite so much. I can withdraw from this project. Right. I don't have to take on that project. And it's sort of tapered down so right. that when you do actually retire, maybe not until 75, right. you um, you haven't been going 100 miles an hour and then zero. Exactly. You've been slowly tapering down, developing outside interests, reconnecting with your spouse uh, if you can going do, for if you, walks. Yeah, yeah, going for walks. walks. If you have that option. I mean, not everybody does. Some yeah. people, they work full-time and then they're done. Yeah, right. And Some, that can be a harder transition. I've noticed, too, especially joining BNI and, and networking out there with different um, business owners, that some retirees actually start their own businesses. Yeah. Most of them seem very happy to control their time and have some extra yeah. spending money. So or taking some, some kind of um, small... I had a friend who 
after her career was over, started working as a cashier at one of the local stores. Yeah. And it was great. She worked, you know, two or three days a week. Had a little, social A little party. money. And, yeah. 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 And had coworkers and, and she social liked it. things. She learned how like... to use the automatic, you know, the computerized cash registers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a friend of mine, and his dream <laughs> is to get a truck and one of those airstreams uh-huh. and check out the open road. You know, stuff like that. I don't know if he's talked um. the wife into it yet. <laughs> but with technology and computers, yeah. you know, works mobile this day. Absolutely. So if you want to go all over the... You can literally yeah. do it. Yeah. If, if, if you, you have a place where you can work remotely. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, it's uh, it's just, just amazing what goes on out there. Uh, one tip for everybody. I was reading in the journal today. There was an article. How tech will help healthcare. <laughs> this, is, this is wild. Some of the stuff that's going on. Gary Shapiro, he's watched the medical community use new technology to make advances in everything from diet to disease. He says uh, sensors will help doctors. Probably with a lot of subjective analysis, a lot of doctors are um, they're going to be using more and more tiny sensors to activate. Do you know that somebody said the Apple Watch now can detect um, disruptions in your heart rate? Well, I knew that you can look at your heart rate, you can look at your sleep activity and your physical activity. I did not know that it could sense disruptions, but I wouldn't be surprised. No, that's, that's coming. These yeah. sensors are going to be there and everything else. And now uh, artificial intelligence is very good at detecting patterns. Yes. So now a couple of doctors put 130,000 skin disease images and have created an algorithm to diagnose skin cancer. So that's this 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 technology is coming, whether you <laughs> like it or not. I know you're giving me that look like you. Yeah, no, right. no, I think it's. I mean, like everything else in human history, the invention is uh, has great potential for good and, and positive, but unfortunately, it can be misused, as we know from Facebook and yeah. And the last one is Alexa is helping people with dementia. How so? Because it's afforded people losing their memory. They can ask Alexa anything and get the answer instantly. (laughs) Talk about Big Brother. But this is stuff that's coming, and I wanted just to touch base and say, you know, everything else. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Thank you, Dr. Linda, for coming on. This is Dr. Linda Vogel, and if you'd like to make an appointment with her, look her up. She's in Mystic. She's probably booked, but uh, a nicer person you won't meet. So in any case, thanks for listening. If you'd like my Retirement Ten Commandments, go to www.obrienretire.com. Hit the magic button and you can make an appointment too or ask me anything. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great week and uh, dress warm. Bye-bye.